0: Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast, a show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league, but more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. We're not necessarily experts, but rather fantasy coaches here to encourage you and help you win and find meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. I'm Bryce Johnson. We'll be joined in just a moment by Harrison Zuckerberg. We won't always be right, but we hope we'll be convincing I'm coming to you from the Unpacking It Ministries studio in Charlotte, North Carolina. Harrison is in Texas. Today on the show, we will recap Week 7 and continue to look toward the rest of the fantasy season and and what's coming up in in Week 8. Wow, we're we're getting close to that uh, midway point of the year, which is crazy, Uh, but we've got some fantasy shenanigans to discuss. We've got I'm Convinced. We'll let you know what we're... Encouraged by following the, the week in fantasy, we'll do peace or panic and then invest or pass. Take a look at the waiver wire. Today in the fantasy football fellowship playbook, uh, we'll take a look at the the topic uh, around the waiver wire and the concept of counting the cost and, and what it means in fantasy, what it means in life and, and especially in our faith journeys. Uh, And so how those two uh, relate. So we'll get into that in just a little bit. But uh, Harrison, let's uh, let's say hello to you. And why don't you give me an I'm convinced to get going. And then uh, I'm going to share some fantasy shenanigans uh, as well. But uh, why don't you say hello and and jump right
1: in. (laughs) How you doing, Bryce? So this honestly was a pretty relaxing fantasy week for me. Um, not too many exciting things happened, but the one downside that I'm convinced about from one of my matchups is that Sam Darnold stinks. He always <laughs> has stunk, and he will always be bad. He's never going to figure it out as an NFL oh, QB. No. I feel so bad true. for him and Panthers fans who thought, you know, he tricked you guys for the first three games of the season, thinking that you had something there, that he was going to be the future. But I, I'm convinced that he is just the worst QB ever. And, and the reason this is is because, you know, last week there was a lot of bye weeks. So I had to pick up Sam Darnold and start him in one of my leagues. And now they were playing the Giants. You know, Carolina has been a decent team this year offensively. I was thinking, you know what, maybe Sam Darnold. I'm not expecting huge things, but just like 15 points. That's all I need from you, Sam no Darnold. Just give, me, just give me a really mediocre week, you know, a couple hundred yards, maybe a touchdown or two. Instead, he goes out and has 2.4 fantasy points, no TDs, barely over 100 passing yards, and it was just devastating because this is the one time I've ever started Sam Darnold in any fantasy league since he's been in the NFL. I'm like, just the one week I start, you please, please, can you be decent? And he has probably one of the worst performances of his career in a bad team against the New York Giants.
0: Oh, it was hard. So as a Panthers fan, it was brutal. You can listen to the Unpacking It podcast. I talked all about Sam Darnold, but but for fantasy purposes, he was starting to catch on because he was running for touchdowns. And, you know, of course, the weapons that that he's he's got now, and then when CMC's out there, even more so. But the last four weeks, it has been ugly. And, and so we'll talk later about selling on on Robbie Anderson. But it's funny in fantasy when you do finally give a guy a chance in your starting lineup and he lets you down and Especially if it's a guy that you like, you kind of just threw him in there, and it's you maybe go from waiver to the starting lineup, and then you immediately cut him the following week. And let me let me guess, you'll never pick up Sam Darnold again. That was your one and done. So
1: no, never, never again. I had this same experience last year with Teddy Bridgewater and the Panthers. I don't know what it is about like Panthers QBs and just burning me. But Remember last year, same situation, bye weeks. Uh, I had to pick up Teddy Bridgewater, and he'd come up a few, de- come off a few decent games. And that game, he played horrible as well. And I was like, all right, never again, Teddy Bridgewater. I don't care what he does for the Broncos this season. There's no chance he ever starts for me, no matter how badly I need him. And it's probably going to be the same way with San Darnold now.
0: Yep, that's that's what happened. So I'll talk about some of my, the Cleveland Browns, how that affected me. And and moving forward, I, there are a couple of guys I will never have on my team again either. Um, All right, so let, let me just start with this. Uh, I'm coming off a, a really strong fantasy week, 5-1 And I'm sure many people can relate though, that one loss I had, you know, one of the highest point totals of the week and you still lose. I've talked to some guys. I know the pain that you're feeling, whether on a one week basis, or I was talking to a guy today, he's, he's in like 11th place in his league, but fifth in scoring. And it's very discouraging. And this is a more of a keeper dynasty league. And he's wondering, all right, do I punt on the season? You know, you trade some of your guys that have value and get some younger guys that may have, more future potential value and it's a tough dilemma and it's tough to know what week you finally do fold fold it on the season um but if you're yeah if you're in 11th uh, it's tough the good news is if you've put up a bunch of points all you gotta do is go on a four game win streak and you're right back in the mix and continue to put up similar point totals. so um especially in you know redraft you don't want to you don't want to give up you got to keep keep going so um it's it's discouraging on those weeks where the points don't go your way or the luck. That's when fantasy is lucky because you can't control the matchups. Um, but it's just part of the deal. And you, next year it'll work in your favor and you'll squeak out some of those low scoring matchups. It's just how it goes. So the more you play, that's how, that's how fun, fun and annoying it can be. Uh, I also wanted to share this. So each Thursday we do the fantasy football fellowship call, uh, virtual call. Guys around the country get together, talk fantasy, faith, and life, and it's a ton of fun. Guys that play in, in one of our four leagues, we get together and and play. And and I had thrown out this concept when you're watching on Sunday, where you know, I watch the Red Zone channel, and then I've got two other TVs for the CBS and then Fox games. And so I'm watching, you know, multiple games at once. And and what do you call when all of a sudden all your players start to score? Almost at the same time or, you know, within a 10-minute period, you're loving life where, boom, you're running back scores. Then your wide receiver. Oh, now your quarterback is throwing a touchdown, and you're just, you know, you're, you're jumping around and, and running around the room and, and going nuts. What do you call that? And so one of the guys on the call said, how about Yahtzee? And I love it. I, I think it works. I think it's good. You know, Yahtzee is a, you know, a dice game or whatever, and it, it works for that. That's fine. But it, you need just a one word, and you can just stand up and go, Yahtzee, Yahtzee, all my guys are scoring at once. And so we want to we get this word going. So start using it in your league. Debut it in your league. Let me, let me hear how it, how it sounds to you, how it you know, turns out when you tell some other guys in your league. So Harrison, it's the first you've heard of it. Uh, other than you saw it in the notes and had no idea what I was talking about. So how do you feel? And and do you have another word that's better?
1: I love it. I think it's great. I mean, yeah, (laughs) you just need something you can, because I know that exact feeling. Wow, it's
0: tremendous.
1: Like you check the ESPN app and you're just checking updates of the game and it's like, You know Calvin Ridley scores, Damian Harris scores. Um, It's like it keeps on going, and yeah, it's a great feeling when you feel on top of the world when your you know projection for the week goes from like 110 points to like 180 points because everyone scored at the beginning of an NFL game. Yeah,
0: ah, it's uh, no, you're right, especially when it's early in the game. Then it's really fun, really fun, and we probably need to come up with a word kind of on the opposite where like all your guys are are goose eggs or or they're doing nothing. So what we'll to think about that. So if, if any listeners have an idea for what we call that on the flip side, uh, that would be, be helpful, too. Uh, speaking of first plays, how about the Monday night game? You, know, you go in, everybody's got a lot on the line trying to figure out. It's kind of an uh, interesting matchup. But Alvin Kamara, big night for him, changed a lot of things. But for those that went in saying, "All right, I need, D- I need DK. Metcalf to do something for me," I've talked to, I think, three different people that, that had Metcalf. That one play, you know, changed everything, uh, either one way or the other, either won or lost. On It was the second series of the game, uh, and so that was fun. So it's, it's pretty cool when, when that big of a, of a move happens. And so for those of you that lost, you just go to bed. I guess if you won and it was already locked in, you could go to bed and you didn't have to watch the rest of that kind of disaster other than the chance to listen to Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Eli Manning together, and then throw in Marshawn Lynch, and it was, it was awesome. But the actual game, Eh, Not so much. But uh but the DK play was uh that's as much fantasy shenanigans as it as it comes to to start start things off.
1: Yeah, you mentioned the Tom Brady on the uh, the Mannings broadcast. Those Mannings broadcasts are awesome with Monday Night Football. I love what they've been doing that the last few weeks. But uh, talking about Tom Brady, I never thought I'd get to this point in my like football-watching career, I guess you could say. But I'm starting to like Tom Brady this year. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because he's on my fantasy team and he's he's doing great. But I've always hated Tom Brady going up until this season. But just something about him being on that, like with the Mannings last night. Like he now just seems like a fun, normal guy, nice. just so much more relaxed that he's in Tampa Bay. Like, t- like being with Belichick in New England made him like seem to be, like this hard, like kind of jerk who no one wants to be with. But he's just a fun guy playing football at forty something years old, just loving life down in Tampa Bay in Florida. It's awesome to see. Like, I'm actually rooting for him now this season, which I think is the first time I can ever say that since I've started watching football.
0: I I was on the the hate side as well, the sports hate, and I because the, the Patriots beat the Panthers in the Super Bowl, so there was part of that. But that feels like, I mean, that was decades ago at this point. Um, and and so yeah, for a long time, and then now he plays for the Bucks in in the Panthers division, but it just doesn't matter because he's so likable at this point. I mean, he's hilarious and even joking about the six hundredth ball and that whole thing and. You know he's just he's loving life I and mean, he's playing he's playing with house money, and and so that that comes across and he's playing loose. I mean their games are over at halftime, like they could they could just go home at halftime from now on. Um, that's how good they are. That's how good he's playing, and it's amazing how well he's protected every week too. I mean, He doesn't get hurt. I mean he doesn't get touched. It's it's remarkable. Um, all right. The, uh, the let me let me run through a few. Uh, I'm convinced. And, and we'll go we'll go quick on these and then we'll uh, we'll get to the, the playbook here in a moment as well. But uh, but I'm convinced at this point in the year, especially fantasy owners need to start caring about the direction that real NFL teams are heading. Now, oftentimes, you know, we, we 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 keep up with it. We get it. We're we're NFL fans, but we're always looking at, OK, what about my individual guy? Like what's going on? But with coaches on the hot seat fighting for their jobs many players will get traded or at least be on the trade trading block in the next com- a couple of actually the next week. I think it's early November where the, the trade deadline is coming up. And then that affects which rookies will now all of a sudden get more playing time. So the second or third string rookie uh, running back, he's going to start getting to get an opportunity to play more. If the teams won four games Um, and, and, you know, veteran quarterbacks, maybe, get benched in order to see the younger guy. So a lot is at play, but fantasy owners, we've got to be aware and we've got to do some, you know, guessing and projecting uh, when it comes to this, you know, I don't think this guy is necessarily real valuable, but Marlon Mack, you know, with the Colts, his name popped up a couple of weeks ago. I, I may have mentioned it on the show, but I, I picked him up in one league. I ended up not keeping him, but I was like, Oh, if he gets traded this week, if he goes to the Ravens, Oh, I'd love to have him. Um, but we've got to keep an at- ear out for those types of things. Um, which then leads me to one more, and then we'll hear from from Harrison. I'm convinced that Gardner Minshew mania is going to take off in Philadelphia because this is another situation because we don't know, you know, with Philadelphia, a lot of concerns there. Now Miles Sanders is banged up. They weren't running the ball anyway. They, they've lost some tough games. They just traded away Joe Flacco, so that means Gardner Minshew is now the backup officially, and I think they want to see what he can bring to the table. And so I would love to see him throwing it to Devonta Smith and Quez Watkins. Quez, Quez Watkins? Um, you know, what the young guy, young receiver, Rager. Uh, let's let's finally get Dallas Goddard going. Um, and so, anyway, that, I'm, I'm convinced of that. So th- those play in together uh, that there's a lot of dominoes still to fall at this point in the season keep an eye out for how it affects your fantasy lineup. And in many ways, you got to play chess when the rest of your league mates are playing checkers and you got to make a move before it happens. So uh, maybe that means getting Minshew now, or maybe that means getting Devonta Smith after a, a down week that he may have. He didn't, he didn't do too much last week. Um, so, so now is maybe time to get him. So, all right, Harrison, go ahead, man.
1: Yeah, so I think that's definitely an interesting um, take and paying attention to teams that we ex- maybe expected to be good and that they themselves thought they were going to be good this season and now we're really struggling. I think one you look at is the 49ers. You Oof. know, Jimmy Garoppolo's coming off a game where he had a seven QBR, which is just <laughs> terrible. And it was you know, raining. At, it was raining. It, w- it was raining in his defense. But at what point he's not used to that being out in California, but at what point do you then go back to Trey Lance and the fans start to wonder, all right, we saw the explosive running ability and the big plays in the offseason. It's hard to be losing and then have a top five draft pick just sitting on the bench. And you look at another team, maybe like the Steelers, who thought they were going to be at the top of their division, now we're in last place. What rookies, maybe Pat Friermouth, do they get involved on offense, try to see what they can do uh, if they're just going to – I don't think they'll punt on this season, but maybe don't have the same goals that they did in the beginning. And then you look at um, – that's a really interesting situation, I think, in Philadelphia because you know statistically-wise in fantasy, if you have Jalen Hurts, you've been loving life. He's been a great fantasy quarterback this season but has not been very good as an NFL quarterback. And it's always interesting to see how those two things can sort of complement each other or go against each other. Um, I don't know if gardner Menshew will get in right away. I think it's interesting that they've traded away Flacco. And, you know, their next games against the Lions, so I don't think they would swap Hurts out there. They'd probably like to give Hurts the really easy matchup against an 0-7 Lions team. Um, But, yeah. Feisty Lions team. Right this is Feisty is a good word. Um, <laughs> I feel so bad for Dan Campbell. He's just someone you want to root for given I it as all as a head coach. But, uh, you know, if it comes week, you know, 13, and we really haven't seen Jalen Hurts, maybe 12, 13, we haven't seen him establish himself as that guy who's going to be the future of the franchise. I wouldn't be surprised if towards the end of the season as well, Gardner comes in for maybe the last four weeks and see what he can do, because he was a decent quarterback uh, when he in was Jacksonville. In, in Jacksonville. And that's the that's the thing, because when you look at the, the stats, you know, it was something well, he wasn't that great and he did go one in seven his final year there, but that was that because of Jacksonville or was that him? You know, let's see how he can be in a, a I wouldn't Good say shot. the Eagles are that much of an improvement over Jacksonville, but they're definitely a little bit better uh, than they were as an organization. And yeah, see if he could be, you know, possibly the starter there moving forward. I, I I'm rooting for it. I think it'd be fun.
0: That'd, that'd be cool. It, give give a little spark. The Eagles need a spark. They, they just yeah, seem they need, they need
1: something. Yeah. It. They're
0: missing it. They don't have, they don't have the it factor by any means. All right. Here's here's what I'm also convinced of. I'm convinced that drafting guys like Michael Thomas with the hope that he makes a difference in your season is foolish because this is a key principle. Don't draft injured players. It's nice to think that later, oh, I'm gonna stash him. Now, if you get him like off waivers, that's fine. You can stick you know, stick him on your IR early in the year. That's fine. But I think in order to get Michael Thomas, you drafted him eight, nine, tenth round. I, I just don't think it's worth having to stick around and wait and hope that he comes back. And maybe he will. And-, and maybe he'll give you three good weeks. I just don't know if that's enough. I don't know if it's really worth having to wait that long for a guy. Um, I think a lot of those teams are, are sitting around right now at the bottom of the standings going, oh, I can't wait for Michael Thomas to come back and save my season. Nah, you probably should have just drafted a guy that you knew was healthy at that time. Now injuries happen. You can't predict it all, but to draft someone that you already know is injured and is going to be out for a long time for most of the season, half the season, especially the, the, the fantasy season is shorter because the playoffs begin week 14, usually. Um, so anyway, I, I just, I always laugh at that, that mentality. Um, I, I'm out, I'm out on that, that philosophy. So am I, am I wrong in that? Did you draft Thomas in any league? So
1: I actually have Michael Thomas in two of my fantasy leagues, but in those leagues right now, I am five and two and four and three. So I'm not relying on him too much to come back. It was more one of those things where. Um, i think i forget what round i got him but it was in like the double digit round so not quite eight or nine but i think more like 12 13 where um, i was looking between you know someone like uh elijah moore rookie for the jets like okay well do i take the bet that he might break out or do I have Michael Thomas sit out for the first couple of weeks of the season, a uh, couple, first half of the season really. But when he gets back, could possibly be a top 10 wide receiver. Um, and like, he, he hasn't really hurt me that much because my teams have been performing well. He's been in my IR spot. So it's not like he's been taking a roster spot for someone else up. Um, So I'm not opposed to it if it's the right scenario and you think you've built a strong enough team around it. Because at least for me in that league, um, my wide receivers in that league are Stefan Diggs, Chris Godwin, and Mike Williams. So my wide receivers have been great for me so far during the season. I'm not like I'm wide receiver dependent for when he comes back. It's more going to be a luxury when he comes back and one thing I've actually tried to do with him now is throw him around as a trade piece because some other people in my league see that he's going to be coming back soon, you know, know the name Michael Thomas and while it's cost me nothing to really keep him on my bench this whole time, I'm now getting offers for, you know, someone's RB two on their team for Michael Thomas, which getting a top 25 running back could really help my, you know, just adding that to my team at this point could help it either way, whether I keep Thomas or not.
0: If you get an RB2 from Michael Thomas, I want to hear about it. I don't believe that you will, but I, that that's pretty sweet. If you pull that off, that, that then it absolutely ruins my theory. Um, but that would be shocked. That means someone would be loaded at running back. So good for them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, I don't like, if you listen to me, I don't like injured players. So if I know a guy's injured, I don't want him. So. How many times do I have to tell you don't don't take Will Fuller. If I get one more update, if I see one more update pop up on my phone or my computer that says Will Fuller didn't practice today, I, I assume he didn't practice. I assume he's not coming back. I assume he's injured, and and maybe he should go do another career. And and you know maybe football is just not for him. So uh, anyway, there's just guys like that that I'm just out on. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's uh, let me just uh, let me we'll end on a positive note, and then we'll get to the playbook. Um, so we'll, we'll call this segment This Pleases Me or I'm Encouraged, and I'm encouraged that AJ Brown is back. You know that I'm in on the Titans this year, and the fact that he had eight receptions on nine targets, huge 133 yards, and a touchdown. We know he's talented, he's been banged up, but to see him look healthy. And playing well, it was nice. You go up to get, against the, the soft Chiefs, uh, but it, it builds some uh, some <laughs> momentum and, and camaraderie again with Tannehill, which is nice. So uh, I'm thrilled about that. I'm also uh, encouraged that Hunter Henry has scored four touchdowns in four straight weeks. He's one of my favorite players. I think he's, uh, if you're watching on the video I think I got his card up there uh, in the studio, but he's been on the show a couple, at least once or twice. So big fan of Hunter Henry. Glad he's playing well in new England. I thought it was a big decision for him to leave the chargers. Can't believe they let him go, but a big signing for new England and it's paying off in a big way. But also for me in fantasy, I picked him up in one league, which was, which was huge.
1: All right. What are you encouraged by? So I'm encouraged by Damian Harris actually having back to back great games, looking like, you know, he's involved in the offense. He's running well. Huge fantasy week this week, twenty-five plus points. After, you know, a few weeks ago, he was on Peace or Panic. We were wondering, you know, is this the beginning of the end for Damian Harris? Will he rebound? I mean, I am so glad that he's rebound this week. And part of that is, you know, he played the Jets. And That's you nice. always bet on the Patriots playing the Jets. This is their 12th straight win against them. I don't know. Unbelievable. I don't know what it is. Like Bilicek just constantly loves to beat down on them. Like they've never, it's, it's, he has to have something personal with, with the New York jets. It's just hilarious to me um put up 50 something points against them which was crazy and then another thing i'm encouraged by um, is chris godwin he was someone who was starting to get lost a little bit for Mm. bucks uh he hadn't scored in the last three weeks had only you know gotten over 10 fantasy points once for me in the last three weeks but he goes off for eight receptions for 111 yards and a touchdown this week showing that you know There'll be weeks where other guys step up in that Bucs offense just because they have so many weapons, but he's still there. He's still a top wide receiver uh, for fantasy.
0: Yeah, the Bucks. I mean, they just score so much. So you're, you're loving life. Um, it is a little hit or miss because, so, you know, one guy has a big game and the other doesn't, but everybody played pretty well against your your sorry Bears. Sorry, man. That was a tough one. Oof, that was ugly. However, I was going to save this for uh, the, the I'm right segment, but Khalil H- Herbert, Man, I was all over that. It's my my pickup of the year. He's been tremendous. And even even when Montgomery comes back, I think it's a one-two punch. And, and he's probably going to play at least a couple more weeks as the starter. And Damian Williams, man, he's he's the clear backup to Herbert. Herbert is the real deal. And despite the eh, dysfunctional offense, at least the passing game, Khalil Herbert has looked good. Even against the Bucks defense, that's tough. So uh so that was awesome. I'm very, very happy about that. Um what did he finish with? He had uh, 18 rushes, 100 yards, and five catches for 33 yards. So very strong game. All right, let's uh, let's jump into the playbook. And, and this is a good topic. So you know, one of the keys to fantasy is working the waiver wire. We'll give you some waiver wire names in a moment. But but each week we you know we take a look at the Fantasy Football Fellowship playbook. Uh, if you haven't gotten yours yet, check out Fantasy Football Fellowship. Dot com, or you can order the book on Amazon. But we take a fantasy concept related to the Bible. And, and one of the key things that, that we have to be good at is working the waiver wire throughout the year, knowing who to drop, who to add. And if you play in a league that, that actually uses the FOB or the waiver wire budget, uh, this is key when it comes to knowing how much to bid on certain players. And it's really fun. Like it's a whole strategy. It's you got to kind of know how your league operates and kind of get a a gauge of, of who other people in the league value. Uh, But many leagues, you know, it's like a hundred dollar waiver wire budget. And, and so you have to decide, okay, is this guy worth $5? Is he worth $10? Do I go all in? I know earlier this year in our league, Harrison went all in on Elijah Mitchell he had a nice game last week for San Francisco, so it's, it's paid off fairly well. Um, a lot of people went all in on De'Ernest Johnson last week. That worked out really well. And, and so, you know, as fantasy owners, we've got to factor in, you know, what it means to, you know, give up and release a player on our team. So that's part of factoring in the value. So I'm going to drop this guy, and then I'm going to go pay on the waiver wire to get another guy that's going to take his roster spot. And so it's a lot to, to analyze. And so ultimately we determine if the cost for a free agent is worth more than hanging onto our auction budget. And if we want to have the other guy uh, on our roster uh, or the guy on the waiver wire, what do we, who, who do we want more? That, that's what we have to determine. And so counting the cost is, is kind of the, the, the way to describe this and and so as we make decisions, it, it this constantly comes about in day-to-day life, whether at work or home, there is always a price to pay and a value needed to be assigned when it comes to how we spend our time and how we spend our money. We got to count the cost. Is it is it worth more to me that I you know spend time with my family or spend time with my buddies? Is it worth more to me to watch games? Or to to go to church? Is it, you know, all those kind of factors, we have to make those choices um, and, and figure out, okay, yeah, I can give a little bit of time here, a little bit of time there, a little money here, a little money there, we count the cost. And Jesus, there's a great, you know, he, he tells this, uh, well, I'll read it, uh, you know, example in the Bible, but basically he invites us to follow him and he offers us the free gift of salvation. However, he warns us that we must count the cost of, picking up our cross, dropping our former way of life. And so we have to count the cost. Am I willing to drop and get rid of who I used to be, what I used to be, how I used to spend my time and money in order to follow him and and take up his cross, meaning die to our selfish desires, die to our former way of life, die to our own way of doing things. And so this is what it says in uh, Luke chapter 14. And Jesus, uh, there's a large crowd following him. He turned around and said to them, if you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else, your father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it. Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat 20,000 soldiers marching against him, and if he can't, he will send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So two examples of, of what it looks like to count the cost. We look at the count the cost example when it comes to fantasy. And, and so, you know, the comparison for us, we have to love the player on the waiver wire more than the player on the roster. So in some ways we have to, we have to hate that player enough to drop him from the roster in order to, in order to embrace and love the new player that we're going to add. And so Jesus invites us to follow him to be his disciple, to take up our cross, and, and to, to move on from our former life. But the, 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 the gift of salvation is free. But there is a cost because we have to let go of, of other things. And there are sacrifices to be made. So there, so there is that, that cost of, of living as a true disciple and follower of Jesus. And so this is a a hard passage passage of scripture to read, uh, because it reveals how serious Jesus is about our commitment to him. It's not a casual decision or or something to be taken lightly, you know, it's not just, Oh yeah, I'll just, you know, show up to church when I, when I want to, it's to, to really follow him and to be all in, to, to truly be surrendered. Um, it's, it's a big commitment. And so he's offering us eternal life, access to God of the universe, peace that surpasses all understanding, and he's also calling us to value and love him more than anything else. And so let's count the cost of following Jesus and determine whether or not we're willing to give up whatever it takes to be his disciple, whatever he calls us to, to do, whatever he calls us to sacrifice, wherever he calls us to go. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to, to count the cost and to say, yeah, I'm in no matter what? He's worth it. He really is. He's, he's absolutely worth it. And so that's the encouragement uh, and the challenge. It's a challenge for us today to, to consider that uh, and, and to evaluate our lives. If, you know, if we say we're a Christian, are we really following Jesus and truly surrendered in all areas of our life? Um, and what are some of those things that, 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 that Jesus is calling us to, to move on from? Certain sins, certain patterns of life uh, that we gotta sacrifice and, and move forward. So there you go. That's from the fantasy football fellowship playbook. Uh, I hope that that is uh, encouraging to you and and worth unpacking for you today. All right, let's let's welcome Harrison back for a little accountability and confession and and let me uh, let me begin uh, where we admit where we whiffed and, and where we made mistakes last week thankfully I still won the matchup but Thursday night it was not great. I went all in on the Browns. I I don't know. I just got excited about Thursday night starting up and I thought that Demetric 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 Felton was going to be I don't know, worth starting even though last week on the show, you know, you you laid it out well and and you ended up being exactly right in that the Ernest Johnson was the guy for that week. Um but it seems like Nick Chubb's coming back anyway sooner than later and so Dimitri Felton, there's just not enough room there for him. But anyway, I started him and got nothing out of him. But then I also started Donovan People Jones. And then I just wasn't keeping up enough during warmups and he didn't even play. And so he got hurt during warmups and he was out. So that was my big, big whiff of the week. Uh, what about for
1: you? Yeah. So mine's not really specifically to this week, but more this season. And this is something that we both whiffed on, I guess. Now we were both completely out on Kyle Pitts because <laughs> the argument oh, for I'm Kyle sorry. Pitts. Was that, you know, he was going to have to have historically the greatest season ever for a rookie tight end to be anywhere close to where people were drafting him. And we didn't think that was possible on a bad Atlanta Falcons team. Well, right now he is currently on pace to have by far the greatest season ever for a rookie tight end after having back to back 20 point weeks in PPR. So... You know I'm happy with my tight end situation in a few weeks, but I'm sorry if I if if you were considering Pitts and I maybe made you decide not to or or you traded him early in this season because he he seems like he's the real deal now and is going to be great for the rest of the fantasy season to come.
0: Yeah, and I I think the the big question for fantasy owners is all right, what does this mean for Calvin Ridley, who who's been okay? Like again, it's like oh he's fine but he's not elite and he was drafted to be elite. And is it possible for both those guys and even Cordero Patterson, like for all three of them, I, I still don't buy into Atlanta. Um, who'd they play this week? They got, I guess they won, but it's just, I still don't, I, the Miami, did they beat Miami? Is that who they beat?
1: Yeah. They beat um, Miami,
0: which they're not any good either. So now the Panthers get Atlanta. So whoever loses that game is really bad. Really, really bad. Um, but, but I just don't know if you can like get so excited about all these guys. And so if we're going to buy into pits, then it's almost like, well, then we got to sell Ridley to a certain extent, but I'm not sure who, I don't even know if you could trade him at this point. So it's just kind of a tough, uh, a tough situation. Cause Matt Ryan, he's okay, but he's not firing on all cylinders. Like he did, you know, five years ago, whenever he was the MVP. So this is a little, little bit different. Um, and they're just overall, I don't buy into Arthur Smith as their head coach. I just, I'm, I'm out on them. But anyway, you, we were both wrong on Kyle Pitts, and you're right to uh, admit that. All right, let's do uh and, and that leads us to peace or panic, which we were going to do Calvin Ridley. And I would lean toward panic on that. Um, let me throw in uh, for peace or panic. Uh, Tyler Lockett, who only had two passes. Uh, he caught two passes uh, against the saints. He's kind of had a slow decline. Of course, Geno Smith has been the quarterback lately. Uh your boy Antonio Gibson and then AJ Dillon. Where where do you come out on on those guys?
1: Yeah, so Tyler Lockett um is interesting. I wouldn't panic as much to where like I would drop him or do anything crazy like that, but I definitely would not start him as long as Geno Smith is still the quarterback because I only think there's enough Geno Smith production to help only one wide receiver right now in fantasy, and I think that's going to be DK Metcalf. But we are getting positive reports about Russell Wilson's finger and that he could come back sooner rather than later. So as soon as Russ is back, I expect Tyler Lockett to be back as well. Um, for Antonio Gibson, I think this is a really interesting scenario because he's still getting work in the offense. It's just that the offense isn't converting in the red zone. You know, we saw this on um, – Sunday against the Packers, where they had the sort of whole debacle with Taylor Heineke at the goal line and then fourth down conversion, the drive after that, where I I think that he can still turn it around. I would still start him in my leagues. I wouldn't panic too much. Um, You know, I think he's a very promising player and they use him a lot. So I think he'll be all right. But then AJ Dillon is someone who I've been out on for the whole season. Um, I would have dropped him like weeks ago, anyways. So I've always been, I guess, panicking—you could say—but I've never even thought about having him on my roster. So it hasn't affected me that much.
0: All right, so I'm out on Ridley, Lockett, Gibson. I don't, I don't ha- own any of those players. I'm, I'm not excited about any of those guys. I like DK Metcalf, and even when Russell Wilson comes back, Metcalf's the guy you want down the stretch. Um, and and Lockett will have a big game here or there. Uh, but I just, I, yeah, I don't, I don't trust him fully. Um, and then like I told you about Atlanta and then with Gibson, yeah, McKissick, you know, he gets involved and steals some of the catches and he Gibson just hasn't taken the leap that, that many fantasy people thought that he would, but AJ Dillon, hang on people hang on to AJ Dillon. When it starts getting cold in Lambeau, you want AJ Dillon. He's going to be carrying the ball. He's going to, he's going to have some big games. Down the stretch, I'm telling you. So hold me accountable, but I'm I'm going to actually try to get him. I'm hoping some other fantasy owners drop him because um, I don't know. I don't know if Aaron Jones is going to be healthy the whole year. We've seen all the top running backs go down. And so you hear me week after week. I like backup running backs because they're the next guy in. They're the, so they're going to get a chance at some point, and I think A.J. Dillon will. So I, I'm going to continue to remain at peace and stash him the best I can. All right, speaking of uh, picking guys up and and stashing – Let's do invest or pass, and we'll quickly run through these names and, and we'll say invest or pass. So we'll start with the the injury to Miles Sanders. doesn't seem too serious, uh, but do you run out and pick up Boston Scott? I will say pass. I want Kenneth Gainwell, which I've been talking about all year, so I'd rather have him, and it seems too temporary to, to make a big effort to go get Boston Scott. Uh,
1: what about for you? Yeah, uh, personally, before we get into invest and pass, I'm not huge on anyone on the waiver wire this week. So my philosophy for this week is don't try to pick up someone just because you feel the need to pick up someone on the waiver wire. If you don't like them better than who's on your roster, don't drop someone just because you feel like you need to make a move. It's perfectly fine to be content with who you have and wait it out. Until you actually want to get something, I think that's a lesson that we can all take as uh, fantasy owners. And then for Boston Scott, yeah, let me pause, think, it, let me pause here. Let yeah. me
0: pause here. That's a great. That's a great point. Because listen, I love it. Tuesday night, it's fantasy waiver wire night, right? You, you try to get as many guys as you can, and it's fun. You try to you know tool your team, but if you're coming off a good week and you don't see a, a real advantage. The, the activity doesn't have to happen. Like, you don't have to do it just because you feel like, oh, well, that's what fantasy owners do. Now, guys that sit on their team all year and never make any moves, they're going to lose eventually. Um, this is not sustainable. you got to make moves. But certain weeks, it just doesn't make sense to do so. So ride it out. It's okay. So, anyway, Boston, Boston Scott, yeah. investor think- pack.
1: I would pass. I think that's more of a knee jerk reaction. Like, Oh, well I need to do something. Let's see if I can possibly get. Yeah. Like I I don't think there's season long promise there. I feel like that's a move you would make if you're just trying to make a move. I don't believe in Boston Scott that much. All right. Here's who I am investing in. And I'm so mad that I didn't do it last
0: week. I asked a Packers fan. He told me, Oh no, don't get Alan Lazard. Oh, Calvin, you blew it, man. You blew it. Um, Oh, now he's on COVID list. So I wanted him for this past week. He's still a guy to keep a, keep an eye out, we'll maybe wait with, with the COVID, um, but five or six targets last week, got in the end zone again, and, and now we got Devontae Adams maybe on the COVID list too. So a lot going on in Green Bay. This could be a weird week for them. But Lazard really is the second uh, wide receiver, and so I, I think there's going to be weeks where he's valuable. Um, so – it, I like Lazard. I'm I'm a Lazard guy, so I'm mad that I haven't gotten him so far. I've been kind of waiting, waiting, waiting. I, I almost waited too late, but maybe COVID will give me a chance to to get him for the for the home stretch. Um, yeah, he's, also- he's
1: supposed to be out this week, so I wouldn't pick him up this week. Uh, but Randall Cobb now I feel like might be interesting because he's now the number one yeah. wide receiver there for Lazard. And just for this week, if you need a wide receiver.
0: Yeah, I guess just this week. Yeah, that's fine.
1: Um, So you know who I do like? So we talked about last week, the Cincinnati Bengals
0: situation. Samaj so P. Ryan, make sure you get him. He's good. He's already involved with Mixon out there. Mixon can get injured. We've seen it before. The, the Bengals are legit. Uh, he's the guy to own as a backup, as a handcuff, and, and also as a flex guy potentially in certain weeks. Uh, the other guy that just came off the bye week, and now that Juju Smith Schuster is out, now we know the Steelers eh, not the best offense, but they're still going to produce a- enough. Pat. Friar Muth, is that the name? Friar Muth from Friar Penn Muth. State.
1: Yeah, at Penn State, his nickname was Ruth. Baby Gronk. Though actually, yes, so if Friar Muth too hard. Seven. Baby Gronk sounds good. Also, <laughs> I, I like this guy. Pittsburgh tight end. He
0: was good in preseason. He kind of you know raised our attention. uh I think Kyle Pitts is proving our theory wrong on rookie tight ends. um So I, I maybe I'm wrong. I mean I got to confess that. But I, I did pick up Friar Muth. Uh, Muth, 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 whatever. He's on my roster, so I, I would go get him if you can. He, he maybe last week everybody got him, but because he went on a buy, some people were hesitant. Um, I'm in on him. I'm not real in on Russell Gage, like I told you about Atlanta, so I pass on him. Mo Ali Cox, I, I would I would invest in as a tight end too. He doesn't get a lot of volume, but he does get into the end zone, so he's he's nice as a fill in guy, a streamer type guy. But I wouldn't pick him up with the hopes of, oh, he's going to be my tight end now moving forward. I'm not quite there on on him. Any no, any I, other?
1: Yeah, guys? I think Mo Wiley Cox is interesting just because, you know, he doesn't get a ton of looks, but he's caught touchdowns, I think, three of the last four weeks. And, you know, the Colts offense is now playing much better um, with bye weeks coming up for tight ends. If you need a guy to plug in for a bye, I think he could be a safe option. Um, and then another guy who I mentioned last week to keep an eye on a monitor was Rashad Bateman. He had another big week. I shouldn't say big, but good week this week in the Baltimore uh, offense, despite them playing really poorly overall, three receptions for 80 yards. I think he's going to continue to trend upwards as season goes on. So um, he's another person I would monitor, maybe stash at the end of your bench if you have a spot. Yeah, ho- hopefully
0: you've already done that because it, it might be a little too late on him because, yeah, he's showing some promise, no question about it. And the running back situation in, in Baltimore is a weird one. I'm like kind of keeping on to Latavius Murray, like begrudgingly. I, I don't know. I, I Some people think Freeman's the guy. Eh, it's... It's yeah, it's it's, it's, it's tough
1: because no one has performed well from a carries or yardage standpoint. It's just whoever they decide to give the ball to on the one yard line that week, that's the guy you want. In some weeks, it's been Freeman. One week, it was Le'Veon Bell. Another week, it's been Latavius Murray. I mean, sometimes Lamar keeps it. It's just so tough that I'm not starting anyone um, in that Ravens backfield. The only reason I have... Uh, I have Latavis Murray on the bench in a few of my leagues just in case there was an injury to Freeman or something. Then, I, If he became the full workhorse there, I think it might be interesting. But I don't think there's any promise or upside with the equation to go out and try to pick any of them up to get them on your team.
0: Here, Here's kind of a new thought. This idea of trade a guy or keep it rolling. So do you trade a guy at the, the height of, of his production or do you believe that it's just going to keep going? And, and three names come to mind: Jamar Chase, Mike Isicki, and Robert Tunyon. And I, I, I've got Jer- Jamar Chase. And even though I ripped him in you know preseason, couldn't catch the ball. He has been lighting it up for Cincinnati. And I think to a certain extent, he's going to keep it going because he's really good. He was expected to be good. He's got the chemistry with Burrow, and they're the real deal. However. I still get nervous with a rookie wide receiver getting this much production, expecting him to do it for 16, 17 weeks, you know, toward the end of the year. I I just don't know if I can can buy that because I haven't seen it with my eyes that he's going to finish the year strong. The the rookie wall is a real thing um, for a lot of positions and, and that sort of thing. So he's already broken out, emerged. And so if I can flip him, and get like a pretty good wide receiver and a running back. Like I, I'm, I'm willing to explore that at this point. Which I know it sounds crazy because he's, I mean, he had an unbelievable game yet again. But I just, I, I'm a little, one, I'm just kind of like, I don't know if this can keep going. Um, and then with Mike Gesicki, the Dolphins, I just don't, I, I can't trust the Dolphins. So I, I would probably move on from Gesicki at this point. Um, And then Tunyon, he does this, it seems. Like he'll have a big game, and then he fizzles out for a while. Rogers spreads it around to somebody else. Um, So I'm not sure that you can trust Tunyon as a true starting tight end to carry you in the playoffs. Uh, What about your thoughts on any of those three guys?
1: Yeah, so I was surprised that Robert Tunyon is still on fantasy teams right now. Like he's been terrible this season, so I don't even know who even has him on their team to trade him. But if you do for some reason still have him on your team over – Dropping and picking up another tight end, definitely capitalize off that this week uh, with the big game that he had. Same thing with Gasicki. I think they'll be getting some of their weapons back. Like Devontae Parker's out right now. Um, And, you know, we've seen Jalen Waddle start to emerge as well. And I don't believe that they'll be able to have three or four fantasy-relevant receiving targets there. So I think Gasicki would be a good person to uh, sell high right now. But with Jamar Chase, I do think it's going to continue because this isn't like he was some late round rookie who's just suddenly you know flashed or broke out that we didn't expect he was one of the best wide receiver prospects that we've seen in years he broke every record in college it looks like he's going to break every rookie record this year for a receiver I just don't know how much value is there to trade him away because right now he's performing like a top five receiver and unless you can get like a you know, Devontae Adams or Stefan Diggs or Deandre Hopkins or another top five receiver, which I don't really think you can. I just don't think the value is, is equivalent at this point. I would hang on to him and, and hope that he continues on this tear for the rest of the season. It, he's, he's phenomenal. I mean, definitely if you're in a dynasty league, you don't let go of him. but um, in a redraft, oh, can it really
0: continue? You got to go up against the you know Steelers, Ravens, Browns, those defenses, uh, you know, down the stretch. I, that's now we just saw what he did against the Ravens, but. A second time? Can he do it again? Have they played the I don't think they played the Ravens twice, just once? Um, so yeah, so it's it's uh we'll see. We'll see. We'd love to know your thoughts on any of these topics today. Uh or if you have any questions uh as you listen here, uh let us know. Bryce at unpacking Bryce at unpacking it.com. Uh always love hearing from you and uh would love to uh incorporate your your thoughts into uh this podcast and any of your questions moving forward. All right, let's let's wrap it up with a one hit wonder. Um we didn't get to talk much about Robbie Anderson, Allen Robinson, or OBJ, but all those are underachieving receivers. Uh I'm not confident that any of them bounce back unless Allen Robinson gets traded to uh, an offense that's really clicking. So um, other than that, I'd probably move on from those guys. It's crazy the fall that OBJ has. My goodness. Um, all right, one-hit wonder of the week. We uh, we talk about a guy that out of the blue, he was a hit on Sunday. He got into the end zone, but that's it. We don't expect it to happen again. And then how about a fun song uh, for a one-hit wonder as well? So I'll start. We got uh, Johnny Stanton, one target, one reception one touchdown for the Cleveland Browns fullback 27 year old out of UNLV we always love when the fullback scores <laughs> it's always random it's always hilarious they uh they steal the the touchdown they vulture it as they say uh so Johnny Stanton there you go and in my one hit wonder one of my favorite songs i don't know what it means so maybe it means something bad that i don't i'm not aware of but the uh the song by Ini Camosi, I don't remember the band, but here comes the hot stepper. Do you know this one, Harrison? Have you ever heard? Actually, don't, I don't know this one. No, it's a it's a tremendous song. Here comes the hot stepper. Um, the beat is great. It's used in a lot of commercials. It's very catchy. It's very fun. Um, I don't know if we have the rights to play it here on this on the show, but um, it's, a, it's a good one. So go look it up. Here comes the hot stepper. 1994, so you weren't even born yet, were you? There you
1: go. That's my, uh, my one-hit wonder of the week. Who, who is your one-hit wonder? Football and music. So talking about uh, Dolphins wide receivers again, Isaiah Ford had one catch for 10 yards and a touchdown this week, only a second catch of the season. That's my one-hit wonder. Um, and then for a song, I have Brandy, You're a Fine Girl by Looking Glass. And this is a song that – do you know this song, Bryce? The band love,
0: is Looking
1: Glass. Yeah, the band. So the band is Looking Glass. I I love this song. It's one of my favorite songs. And I was actually watching uh, the movie Guardians of the Galaxy, and they had this song in the movie. I don't know Ooh. if you've seen that movie. Great, great movie with Chris Pratt. Um, so I looked a- up. I looked like up a the years song. Ago it came out the movie. Yeah, yeah. I was re-watching it, but I looked up the song because I thought, like, oh, who is that? Who is that by? I love this song, and it was by Looking Glass, a band I'd never heard of before. So I didn't even realize it was a one-hit wonder uh, until doing some more research about it. I like it. Okay, I will have to go listen to that one. Very cool. All right. Well, there you go. There's your one-hit wonder of the week. Uh,
0: send yours in if you're listening. Send us in. Let, let, we'd love to hear your one-hit wonder of the week. Harrison, another great show. Gosh, week week seven in the books. We gear up for for week number eight, and we got a monster Thursday night game. Arizona Green Bay gets us going, but now we got the Rona affecting the Packers. So we'll see what that looks like, especially on a short week. Guys may not be able to you know get enough positive tests or negative tests, and uh, no, I guess negative. You want a negative? You want a negative test? Um, test negative. Um, so hopefully that works out because I, I want that game to be a fun one. I'd probably like pick the Packers, but I don't know. I don't know anymore. Aaron Rodgers may be a special night in store, so it could be, could be fun. All right, well, have a great week, and we'll talk to you next, uh, next Tuesday here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan and a fantasy owner who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin, he was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans and fantasy owners who follow Jesus together. We talked about counting the cost today. Let's count the cost and follow Jesus. Have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening. This has been the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast.